Bosha! Ladies and gentlemen, we are here back on the vlog, and I'm super excited to be here. Super excited to be talking to each and every one of you this fine Friday night. Just kidding. Got you guys. It's Wednesday. Want to make sure that you guys knew that every Wednesday at 7 p.m. Pacific, we are going live here on the YouTube. And then special announcement, I just got the educational plan for my host, which means that our podcast will be going to Spotify, Apple, and more as soon as they're finished. Just got to download it and submit it. So hype for that hype for a lot of stuff man we have got a lot to talk about in this episode we're going to be discussing wilt chamberlain's 100 point game with an asterisk we're going to be talking about some three and d wings and why they are so valuable in today's nba then we've got the top 25 under 25 players in the league and lastly, we're going to talk about some teams to look out for in the final stretch of the year. So just want to say thank you to the channel members of the Tico Club. I want to give a shout out to the Discord members of the So Tico Dojo. And I want to say thank you to everyone that follows me across social media at So Tico and Trevor.tv on Instagram. Thank you guys for being here. Welcome to the show. Lastly, I want to talk about the sponsor of this, and that is Kim Jung Un Picks on Twitter. He is a gambling expert. He gives out multiple free plays per day, oftentimes walking away with an unprecedented record. That is Kim Jung Un Picks on Twitter, or you can just find him at his handle, at Kim Picks. So, want to say thank you to everyone tuning in live, tuning in on the on demand. Because lastly, this is going to be a very good show. So let's get into it and let's start out with the first topic, and that is Wilt Chamberlain's. Quote unquote 100 point game. Now, this happened 60 years ago today, March 2nd, 1962, for the Philadelphia Warriors. Wilt Chamberlain dropped a sweet 100 points. And there's no footage of this. There's no real documentation of this. All we have is a box score. And I think that's, I think that is kind of beautiful because when you think about history of mankind, you think about all the huge events that have happened. The only thing that we really have to go on is word of mouth. And at the end of the day, I think that's why we have legends like 
Wilt Chamberlain, why we have legends like Bill Russell, who was actually very, very, very upset um, that Wilt scored the 100. Because oftentimes, Bill Russell was an absolute peanut butter and hater about uh, Wilt Chamberlain and his stats. They never saw eye to eye, those two. It was until uh, late in their lives where they finally like remingled, and I think Bill Russell said it in his book, remingling with Wilt was something that will always bring a tear to his eye and always make him happy because Bill never really wanted to take that rivalry to the grave, and obviously Wilt died very shortly. It's something that is something that's uh, very iconic, you know. You've got this towering man, this absolute giant Wilt Chamberlain, who, for all intents and purposes, was the first Giannis Antetokounmpo. He was the first freak, but. For Wilt, it, it started at a young age where he was just bigger, faster, stronger, better than all of his friends, everyone that he went to school with, to the point where if he ever missed a shot, his entire high school team had to run a suicide for each shot that he missed. So he had these lofty expectations, um, not as much for college because he went to a very good Kansas Jayhawk system and not as much in the NBA because in his rookie year, he won the most valuable player. He was that good. And this was a guy that one thing that people really don't talk about is his, his losses, you know, Wilt. Until super, super late in his career was labeled as a loser because he could never really get past Bill Russell. He could never really get past Bill Russell. And for 94 games that he played against Russell... Bill Russell won 57 of those. Wilt only won 37. And it always came down to the to the point that Wilt was the very first Giannis Antetokounmpo. Wilt put up 30 points, 28 rebounds, and shot 48% from the field against Bill Russell. That is like you you take that from a guy who averaged 30 and 23 rebounds and 54% from just everyone else. The fact that he put up those same numbers against one of the greatest centers of all time, Bill Russell. It's just unreal. Like, Wilt was that guy. And I feel like a lot of that gets underrated with Wilt. I feel like a lot of that gets forgotten about Wilt. 
now this is coming from me. I'm just a NBA historian, you know. I like there's nothing that I can do to go back in time to watch this domination. I like I'm only available to watch a certain amount of footage. Um and thankfully I've watched as much footage as I could because quintessentially, ladies and gentlemen, these guys were very good at basketball and i think that people just say oh because it was the 70s the 60s the 80s the guys just weren't good um no they're i think in the 60s especially i think was a super talented era of basketball the 70s it got much worse the 80s it got a lot worse and then the 90s probably the least amount of talent that there's been um flashiness aside three-pointers aside the 90s wasn't the 90s really wasn't talented ladies and gentlemen i want to point that out it was not a great era the 2000s came around and punched every other era in the nose and then the 2010s and now the 2020s like these this is the most talent that the nba has ever seen and there were a lot of cats back in the day because you got to remember there were less teams there were less teams so you're playing a lot of the very good guys a lot and when you are playing those very good teams, it's going to be tougher to put up numbers. So the fact that Wilt is just so like 30 and 23 on 54% career shooting. That's what Joel Embiid is doing, but he's getting 10 more rebounds. Granted, this man will did play 46 minutes a game for 1045 games which is just unreal uh, will was a a stallion he's a horse and he's he's a one-of-a-kind athlete that we will likely never see again we'll likely never see that again and i've been wondering this like this factoid like do you think anyone will ever touch triple digits again and truthfully I don't think so. I don't think that anybody could touch three digits because of just how selfish basketball is now. Um, when you when you add the facts that everyone wants their touches, people will check out defensively if they don't get their touches nowadays. And you just factor in, you got guys like LeBron, guys like Harden, man like KD, man like Giannis. Everyone that I named there loves passing the ball. Like I don't think I don't think Wilt Chamberlain ever passed the ball because he wanted to. I think that Wilt 
Jordan. Maybe Bob Dandridge to a degree. Um, Adrian Dantley. Jerry Lucas. I don't think that these guys passed because they ever wanted to. I think they just passed out of necessity. Like if they had to make the next pass, they would. And that's why I think that we don't we don't really have a lot of guys like that. Like Kobe, that was part of his shtick was that like Kobe would Kobe wasn't a passer, and I think that's facts. And then people bring up his assist numbers, and it was like, okay, well, if a guy's getting double, triple teamed, and he passes it, and a guy shoots, it's not Kobe's not passing because he wants the assist. He's passing because he wants to get some guys off of him. And I think that just boils down to how beautiful the basketball really is, is that even when you're playing without a certain objective, you can hit that objective like it's nothing. Like it's an accident, which it is. And I think that's just gorgeous. I think life is beautiful in that sense. Um, if at any one point we could have seen someone score 100, it is those James Harden Rockets of like 2017 where he's shooting and an, I think his his usage rate was I think second all time to 2017 Russell Westbrook so we saw two of the top two usage rates ever in the same season all like and those two teams played like almost 100 miles away from each other which is very funny must have been something in the water I believe that in a lot of senses that basketball can be a one-man system. It can be a Jimmer Fredette-esque system, a coach's kid in high school slash middle school AAU system where one cat's got the ball and the other four guys on the court are merely there to make the first guy succeed. And I think that can exist in the NBA. Truthfully, I think that's being implemented right now in the NBA. When you take a look at a guy like Trey Young, Trey Young has one of the... Uh, right now, one of the worst fives around him but literally if you plug in the one guy that they're missing it's one of the best lineups and that lineup would be Trey Young at the one Kevin Herter at the two Danilo Gallinari at the three John Collins at the four Clint Capella at the five that five if it was just a five-on-five five tournament, could win the title. That five could easily win the title. You factor in Bo, Bo uh, <laughs> you factor in Bogey. You factor in Bogdan Bogdanovich. You kidding me? You factor in a Gorgie Dang off the bench who can give you a few quality minutes. You got a, a decently young guy in DeAndre Hunter. 
You, you tell me if you can't put one or two more little pieces around that, that team can't win a title. And that team is built to make Trey Young succeed. Everyone there in that five is built to give Trey Young screens, to pop off of a screen, to roll off a screen, and to get Trey Young an open jumper or a open, nice, easy floater. You know, this guy Trey Young is limitless with his potential with his championship potential because this guy this guy is are easily easily the second best player in his draft but he goes to five this man goes to five in the 2018 draft that's gross and we can we're gonna talk about some guys in that 2018 draft next week when we talk about the top busts in the NBA. Um, but Jesus Christ, man. You got men like Trey Young at five. I don't care how you shake it. I don't care how you look at it. In a lot of senses. In a lot of senses. Trey should be at number two in that draft. And there's a guy that went 12th, 12th, that could have gone top five and probably should have gone top five in hindsight. Very crazy draft this was. And we're going to take a look at it in next week's episode for sure. But. You're telling me that man like Trey Young went fifth in a draft and only one guy that went ahead of him should have gone ahead of him, and that's Luka Doncic. Luka should have gone first, Trey second. You could argue, you, you could definitely, definitely argue Jaron Jackson Jr. could go third. My guy DeAndre Ayton at four, and in hindsight... In hindsight, Mikhail Bridges. I know what a lot of y'all might be thinking. Like, Mikhail Bridges? He should go five over guys like Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Colin Sexton, man like Miles Bridges. Mikhail Bridges is quite literally... One of the most valuable players in the entire NBA. Now, this next position I'm going to talk about is a lot like... It's a lot like the left tackle in football. The left tackle does everything that he can for the star player to shine, right? He does everything he can so that quarterback does not get touched. That is exactly what a 3 and D player does. Because of the pacing and the spacing in this year's this year's league, this era's league even, having a 3 and D guy out there that all that they're going to do is play hard-nosed, tight, good, smart defensive play. And they're going to be an option for a High volume, high accuracy, three-point shooting. How do you not 
look at that and say that is one of the best value players I have ever seen. And to give you guys my prime example, it's Mikhail Bridges. You look at the sample size, you look at what he's done, you look at who he's done it for, how he's done it, where he's done it, and when he's done it. It's unfreaking real. His career average field goal percentage, 51%. His career average three-point percentage, 37%. 37%. Free throw shooting, 83%. Rebounds, four game. Get this. Get this. Mikhail Bridges, blocks and steals per game, combined two, fouls per game, two. So this man is unbelievable. He is unbelievable. He has more offensive win shares than defensive win shares, and he's known as a defensive guy. How much so? His career BPM is carried by his defense. His usage rate, 13.5. Do you know what? Do you know what his true shooting percentage is for his career? 62%. 62%. That is unbelievable. That is actually insane. And do you know what his effective field goal percentage is? 59%. Just, uh, it's unreal. It's unreal. It's unbelievable, but I believe it. You know what the best part is, ladies and gentlemen? So we established my man is a 37.2% three-point shooter. He takes 52% of his threes from the corner. That you freaking love to see. And his corner three-point percentage for his career is 39%. The past three seasons, he's at 42%. This guy is unbelievable. And he's not even out there just... Making a scene. He's not out there playing selfish. This is a guy that's out there getting you five, six, seven steals. He's knocking down five threes. And he's playing lockdown defense. This guy's just unbelievable. And there's so many examples and players like this. There's so many of them. And he's doing it in the playoffs as well, man. Like, 22 games in the playoffs last year. And he was just 60% true shooting. Like, (laughs) what what more is there to say? Like, shot 50% from three in the playoffs. Just wild.
And there's so many examples of, of the guys like this. Uh, he's not exactly a wing. He's not exactly a wing, but he is a 3 and D player. And it's shooting guard Marcus Smart. Same thing, man. Like... This guy was brought into the league for his just energy, for his defense. And it's just it's just crazy, man. He's in his eighth year in Boston. They love him in Boston. He loves it in Boston. He's a career 32% three-point shooter. He's very, very active on defense. Uh Again, two steals and blocks combined per game. Only giving up 2.6 fouls. Only 1.8 turnovers. And he's giving you 4.4 assists. He's grabbing you four boards. Good free throw shooter. Good three-point shooter. And he's an amazing defender. He's an amazing, amazing, amazing defender where you can put Marcus Smart on a three, two, or a one, wherever you need him. He's very good. He's very good. Right now, the average, um, the average three point percentage is 35 in the league. Which, that's actually pretty good. Marcus is right there with 32. Uh, absolute insane player. An absolute insane player. Another player like that, Drew Holiday. Drew Holiday was essentially the glue for that championship run in Milwaukee. This year in Milwaukee, he's shooting 51%. 42% from three. Giving you a combined two steals and blocks per game. Only two fouls. 2.7 turnovers. 6.6 assists. And five rebounds. This guy's amazing. He is so good. And you just know, like, Drew Holiday's gonna get it done. He's going to get it done. And another guy who... Uh, this is the last example we'll go over. This guy is actually ranked number one for 3 and D players this year. From your Golden State Warriors. Such a gross name to say. Six foot eight, small forward, Otto Porter Jr. This guy went third overall in the uh, 2013 draft. In hindsight, one of the uh, decent players to come out of that draft. This year for the Warriors, he's at 21 minutes per game. His defensive rating right now is 100. So again, you see that and you're like, oh, this guy's tough. 
But then you factor in his three-point shot, which again, the league average is at 35%. Otto Porter is shooting that thing at 38%. Now you look at a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who is the guy that Otto is behind in the depth chart. Andrew Wiggins is shooting 41% from three, but he's got a 106.5 defensive rating, which you uh, it's quite similar. Andrew's up there a lot this year for what he's doing. And you just wish that he got here sooner, Andrew Wiggins, because... You look at his similarity scores on like a basketball reference, and it's Vladimir Radmanovic. Now, <laughs> if you don't remember Vladimir Radmanovic, this guy was a crusader. He was this big seven-foot Bosnian who played for the Supersonics for a few years, and he's one of the first like proper, proper seven-footers to put up high-volume threes per game, 38% from his career, and he wasn't too shabby uh, defensively, too. But just an absolute funny guy, and it's so hilarious that Andrew Wiggins is compared to Vladimir Redmanovic. <laughs> That's very funny. I'm very hopeful I'm very hopeful that uh, 3 and D guys will soon be recognized for their value because in the later stages of my basketball playing, I had college coaches advising me, like, if you want to make a play at the next level, this is probably the role that you're going to be in. And... Now, when I'm just playing pickup or I'm playing in leagues, I'm super honed in on those two traits, uh, the three and the D, because you hone those in, everything in between just feels simple. When those two are your practice makes perfect, everything else just feels like a rhythm. Uh, a nice orchestration. So, basketball is beautiful, man. Basketball is so beautiful. I'm, I'm just blessed to still be playing, still be enjoying it, still be having a good time, and I wish I saw that enjoyment in a lot of my favorite players, like. Seeing Russell Westbrook out there just going through the motions, essentially. Um, I don't know what's going on with him. I don't know if it's pressure, if it's this or it's that, but there's just something not right. And you can say that about a lot of the guys on the Lakers. I just feel like the more and more they play together, the less and less they feel like they fit. Early on, you saw some very good things from guys like AD, Malik Monk, LeBron, Melo. And then the injuries started to happen, and then things started to fall apart. And it's just, it's sad, man. 
you always wish that team you're watching, the team you're enjoying is just going to figure things out, get things going, get things back where they need to be. But sometimes it just doesn't happen. And there's not a whole lot you can do about it. There's not a whole lot that can be changed or fixed or isolated. But I just feel like there's something that needs to be done with these Lakers. I don't know if it's got to be Frank Vogel. I don't know if it's got to be the upper management. But sooner or later, something's got to happen, man. It's got to happen. We saw some very, very good strides out of them. We saw some very, very, very good play in not only this past Mavs game, but the Jazz game. That fourth quarter was just unreal. Unreal. The Lakers came down 17, and they came back, and they won the game. And in this past game with the Mavericks, LeBron brought them back. They were down they were down 21. LeBron brought them back, got them the lead. Got them the lead. Lakers were up by six. And then LeBron goes to the bench. And then the Lakers give up the lead. They put LeBron back in to try and like recapture it. But at that point, the, the momentum was gone. You know? Only only being up two possessions. And you can't take your guy out because that two possessions is literally a turnover and a three, a turnover and a three. You can't do that. Like, I know what Frank Vogel is trying to do and nursing his players, but when there's days off, you, you can't do that. You got to get the wins. You got to get these huge, huge wins because at this point, every win's a huge win. Every win's a huge win. Now, the Lakers have been super impressive with running three and a half out with an inverted pick and roll. And Monk gets buckets from it. Melo gets buckets from it. Braun gets a lot of buckets from it. Westbrook gets some very good drives and uh, kicks. But... They, they shy away from it after like one or two possessions of it actually working. And I feel like Frank Vogel is a little behind in the league right now because teams will stay out with shooters. They're not going to adjust to the pick and roll play. They'll stay out there. So you can take advantage of that. And if one, if someone helps down on the, on the roll man, you literally have an open three. And with guys like Westbrook, guys like LeBron, guys like Davis and Malik Monk to a certain extent, even even Austin Reeves was running this last night at, to great success. You have options to get that pass where it needs to go, and it's super frustrating watching this and 
seeing what just could easily be adjusted and you just feel like Vogel doesn't want to shy away from his archetype of coaching. And I think you see that in the players because the players have checked out massively, completely. You see that in their body language. You see that in how they how they listen to him or lack thereof in huddles. I think it's time for a new coach in LA. I don't think it's uh I think it's fully on the players. I just think there's a a lack of motivation. And I think that starts with the coaching level. Sure the players can help with that, but any good leader can inspire you. And I just don't see that leadership in Frank Vogel. Who I'd bring in, I don't know. I've not even looked at the candidates, really. Um, but there's plenty, plenty of coaches out there that I feel I could come in and give it all a good run for their money. We just need to see something new from these Lakers. I think we need to see Russ on the bench. Something. Something where they're actively going out of their way to try and improve. And I think that improvement's coming with DJ Augustine. I think when he gets to play Kendrick Nunn will be a big difference. Because uh, Kendrick Nunn's going to get you 16, 17, 18, 19 points. Kendrick Nunn's going to play defense. He's going to shoot threes. He's going to make minimum 33% of them. And he's going to be a bucket bucket. And I think, God, in the playoffs, man, guys like Malik Monk, Dwight Howard, I think they can make a super difference. But you just need a system where they can prevail with guys like LeBron, with guys like A. Disney. Um, so that's how I'd fix the Lakers. That's how I would fix the Lakers now. In this segment... I would like to discuss with you guys my top 25 players under 25. And this is something that I've been working on for a while. Something that I've been thinking about, analyzing, going over for a long time. And hope you guys enjoy it. Um, let's get a conversation going about this. Let's... Let's compare it with yours, and let's get into it. Uh, honorable mention is Zion Williamson. We don't know what's going on with him. We don't know where he's going to be playing, when he's going to be playing. So I felt it was only fair to keep him out of the list. That way, one of these 25 names I got doesn't come off because I think they're all playing very good basketball and it's just wouldn't be fair so starting off at number 25 we've got the young guard Tyrese Maxey this is another one of those guys that is very Malik Monk esque He's playing for the Sixers. 
He's gotten that enhanced role with the absence of Simmons and the promotion of Curry. Now, James Harden. This guy has been playing some very good basketball. He's giving you 17 a game on an extremely efficient offensive play. He's got 1.2 turnovers a game. Four and a half assists a game. Shooting 48% from the field, 40 from three. His effective field goal percentage is 53. And he's playing 36 minutes a game, shooting that thing 14 times. Playing great basketball right now. Like Tyrese Maxey should be in the running for most improved. But that's a tough one because he is so young. I think he's just growing. But to be that young and be considered, without a doubt, you're playing good basketball, man. You're playing very good basketball. Next guy on the list at number 24 from the six Toronto Raptors, Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes out of Florida State. Went top four. Having an extremely, extremely good rookie year. 15 a game, 49% from the field. But he's heralded for his defense. Now, he's got about two steals and blocks combined per game, 2.6 fouls, five defensive rebounds per game, seven and a half total. Good free throw shooter. This guy's playing some good basketball, man. He's playing some really good basketball. And I'm excited to see his career grow. He's got a 111 defensive rating with a 114 offensive rating. Decent, decent year for the number 25 guy on our list. Next guy. You're either... You're either Ziskeg and you like this guy or you're everybody else. And that's... Uh, Desmond Bain. This guy is 23 years old in his second year. And he's just, he shoots the lights out. He shoots the lights out, this guy. Putting up seven a game this year, 41%. His rookie year, he's at 43%. But now he's getting that enhanced role. Uh, he's shooting almost two times more than he did last year on a very similar clip. And he's just an absolute bucket getter. He's got 18 points a game with a combined steals and blocks of 1.5 with 2.6 fouls per game. He's a great defender. I want to say great. He's a hard-nosed defender and a very good shooter. As Desmond Bain for uh, the up-and-coming Memphis Grizzly Pups. Not bad. I said pups. The Memphis Grizzly Cubs. There we go. There we go. Screw you, this keg. Next guy is uh, Evan Mobley. And this is at the number 22. Evan Mobley. Just doing it different. Doing it big. I think if he expands his jump shot, works on his jump shot, and he's still playing the type of defense that he is. Like, 
Listen to these numbers. 15 a game. Two and a half steals and blocks combined to 2.1 fouls. That's ex that's very, very good defense. Just box score numbers. Not counting the rotations and all the other stuff that he does on defense. With his 105 rating. This guy's playing extremely good defense. And he's extremely good basketball player with tons of years to come. Uh, the next two guys on our list are currently injured but that still doesn't mean that they're not extremely good at basketball we got john collins here he's 24 years old in his fifth year in the nba got his max deal already so we got our is this our first max guy i think it is our first max guy And he's very, very good at basketball, if you didn't know. Shooting, 38% from three. <laughs> 56% from the field. 1.6 steals and blocks combined to three fouls. So not the best uh, discipline on defense, but it's not terrible. Good free throw shooter, 60 Effective field goal percentage, 17 a game, 8 blocks a game, not 8 blocks, 8 rebounds a game. He's giving you a block a game, and he's got Clint Capella next to him. This guy is very good at basketball. He has an insanely high offensive rating at 122, <laughs> and this guy's a beast, and he's on a max deal now. He's a beast. It's John Collins at number 21. At number 20, you're either a graduate of the 20-teens and you like this guy or you're not and you hate this guy. It's Lonzo Ball. Lonzo is unbelievable this year. He's been unbelievable his entire career where... He started off with an, a, a crazy, crazy usage rate his first two years. Handling the ball, starting every game he played in. And that's pretty much his NBA career. He's handling the ball, starting every game he's played in. His jump shot has improved every single year. And this year at his second highest volume, he's shooting his most accurate with 42.3%. He's even knocking down free throws when he shoots them, but he shoots about one a game. And that's 75%. He's giving you 13 points. He's giving you 2.7 steals and blocks combined per game. 2.7 steals and blocks combined per game to 2.4 fouls. Lonzo is incredible. 2.4 fouls to 2.7 combiners that's crazy 5.1 assists per game 2.3 turnovers very good he's very good <laughs> he's got 5.4 boards a game and his effective field goal percentage is 57 so that's lonzo you don't need to know anything more about lonzo ball 
Except he's a god. He is a god. And he's very, very freaking good. Next on the list is Tyler Hero. Now, you're either a Miami Heat fan or you hate this guy. And by the way, Lonzo Ball. Lonzo Ball is coming back from injury soon. And I'm very excited for that. Um, not to mention, he's on an $80 million contract. So shout out to Lonzo getting paid. Absolutely incredible. He's going to make about $60 million the next three years. Then he's going to opt out, sign about a $150 million deal. He's going to end his... Lonzo Ball is going to make $300 million in his NBA career. Like, there's no question. He's going to make $300 million in his NBA career. And this is a guy that we grew up watching on YouTube. Like, everywhere on YouTube. This guy was on Sports Science when he was at UCLA. Like, <laughs> Lonzo had unbelievable pressure unbelievable expectations and he's gonna make 300 million dollars lavar ball's first baby boy is gonna make 300 million dollars 300 million not to mention his brother very very cool and that's why we love lonzo next guy 22 years old, went to Kentucky. It's Tyler Hero. It's Tyler Hero, and what a boy. What a boy. What a bucket. What a, what a, what a career so far. He's been super consistent, man. Super consistent. His points go up every year. His defense is about the same, but his fouls are about the same, you know. His uh, turnovers have gone up drastically this year, but he is in a bit more of an enhanced role where he's shooting the ball a lot more. He's having the ball a lot more. His usage rate's gone up, and he's coming off the bench to a pretty decent year. Tyler Hero is averaging 20 points per game in the NBA. That's pretty... It's pretty good for a 13th pick. Pretty good for a 13th pick. He's got uh, another year on his on his contract. And he's going to get a rookie max next year. Tyler Hero is going to make a lot of money. A lot of money. But so is this next guy. At number 18, and he just got traded to the Indiana Pacers. It's Tyrese Halliburton. Now, you can say a lot about Tyrese Halliburton, but what you can't say is how many guys can you name that are giving you 14 points per game, 1.5 steals per game, Shooting 42% from three, 
47% from the field in NBA history at the age of 21 you can't it's only Tyrese Halliburton this guy's playing out of his mind and he just got traded He's been starting every game this year, even in Sacramento. He was starting at the two guard. And now he's back at the one, his natural position, where he could be much more of a facilitator. And in seven games for Indiana, he's averaging 20 points, 10 assists, two steals, 1.9 fouls, 3.6 turnovers. And he's giving you five boards, and he's shooting 47% from three. Tyrese is shooting 52, 47, 85. This guy, and he's only taking 13 shots. Imagine if Reese got four more shots. What he's doing. Tell me that ain't cool. This guy, man, he went 12th, man. This is a guy that I've played 2K with talk to Tyrese man he's so good and people don't know it people don't see it talk about him yell about him say stuff about him Tyrese Halliburton is gonna be an all-star he's gonna make hundreds of millions of dollars it's crazy so is this next guy this guy is literally in the league at a perfect time when he needs to be it's Cade Cunningham the 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 absolute chicanery that this man is is just unbelievable the package that you get with this guy the things that this guy's doing at a young age with the you gotta remember he's playing for the Pistons he's got the Pistons coaching staff He's not got a lot to work with teammate-wise either, like Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson. And he's putting up 16, 6 and 5. Giving you 1.8 steals and blocks combined to three fouls a game. He's a good free throw shooter. He's got good fundamentals shooting. This guy's gonna be so good at basketball. You guys just wait to see how good that Cade Cunningham is going to be. And he's at 17 right now. Cade Cunningham is unbelievable, man. Next guy on our list is maybe everyone's favorite guy on this list. And it's Anthony Edwards. He is a goofball. He is a absolute goofball, but... He's also the source of a lot of uh, a lot of hope, but also a lot of like gah, angry moments for Timberwolves fans. He's an absolute bucket, and he's uh, getting 20 points a game, 21 a game this year. Shooting that thing 18 times a game with two other stars on his team. This guy's got nuts. He's got nuts, and he wants to be a super good defender. He's not a super good defender. 
but he could be. He's he's improved on both sides of the ball this year. He's improved. We will have to uh, wait and see with him, but yeah, he's he's super fun to watch and he's super good at basketball. This next guy maybe not that fun to watch, but is he great at basketball? Yeah. He definitely is, and he's also been in the league for a minute. He's been in the league so long, and it's Jared Allen. Jared Allen's 23 years old. He's been playing basketball since he was 19 in 2017. It's like, bro, we get it. You're in the league. But, no, Jared Allen is having himself a year this year, man. 16 a game, 11 boards, 67% field goal shooting. Not much of a three-point shooter. Shot that thing almost 100 times in his career. He'll probably only make 20 of them. Decent free throw shooter at 70%. Pretty staunch defending as well. This year he's at... 2.1 blocks and steals combined to 1.8 fouls. Only 1.8 turnovers, so he's super smart with the ball. Jared Allen, just your everyman center. But he's got a guy with him that is also on this list. And he's also at 14. And that's DG Darius Garland. What can you say about Darius Garland that hasn't been said? He's just... He's that guy. He he quite literally stole Colin Sexton's team away from him. And he's having himself a year this year. 20 a game with 8 assists. 1.3 steals and blocks combined. 1.7 personal fouls per game. 8 assists to almost 4 turnovers. So still pretty good there. 91% from the free throw line. 48 38% from three, 48 at the field goal line. Not line, at the field goals. And he's playing def- decent defense. Decent defense. Best defense that he's played in his career so far, and he made a huge leap in that. Last year, he's kind of a liability. This year, he's he's doing a job. It's not a good job, but it's a job. And he was an all-star this year, so... Got to give him his flowers for that. That's Darius Garland at 14. Keep it in section D with DeAndre Ayton. At number 13, the number one pick in the 2018 draft. He will always be remembered for that. He's played 40 games this year. He's given you 17 and 10. His career numbers, 16 and 10 and a half. He's been super consistent for his career, but his field goal percentage has gone up drastically. He's at 64% now, taking one less shot than uh, his rookie year. About three less shots than his sophomore year. He's not bad. Not the greatest defender, but you've seen him make good defensive plays. He's getting about one block a game, about three fouls a game. But where you see him just absolutely thrive and 
play some unforgettable basketball is in the playoffs. 66% from the field. Just super good. 12 rebounds a game, 16 points per game. I think that's probably what you want to see out of a guy, right? In his first playoffs run. So DeAndre Ayton, one heck of a center. And then one heck of a combo guard. One of the only combo guards out there thriving under 25. It's Jamal Murray, 25 years old and a week. Pretty good. Pretty good player out of Kentucky. Currently waiting for him to come back. Um, he tore his ACL. Waiting for his return. Before he tore his ACL. Very good basketball player. Going off his stats from last year, he was at 21 a game. About five assists. EFG 56%. 41% from three on his highest volume. And what you like to see with guys who shoot a lot of threes, you want to see them increase their volume, maintain or increase their accuracy. You see that in a bunch of guys. You don't see that in guys like Curry, though. Curry... When he increases his volume, his accuracy decreases. But not for Jamal Murray. The more it's gone up, the better his three-pointer has been. So you love to see it. And I think the Nuggets can really do something if he gets back healthy and is kind of what he was and he didn't take a step back. Last guy before our top 10, it is Jaron Jackson Jr. Jaron Jackson Jr. One hell of a player. 6'11", playing both the big positions. He was the fourth pick in that 2018 draft. You could argue he could have gone top three. By top three, I mean number three. And he's doing a lot right now for the Memphis Grizzly Cubs. He's doing a lot. 17 points, six boards, 2.2 blocks per game. He's giving you 3.2 blocks and steals combined to 3.5 fouls. Not really turning the ball over. Shooting guys. <sighs> it's his worst clip shooting this year. But He's got good mechanics. Um, we saw that in his jump shot in the 2020 season. And I think that there's so much room for improvement because the guy's only 22 years old. He's only 22 years old. I think this guy's going to average probably 20 and... 20 and 7, 20 and 8, become an all-star. But he's just super like reliable. You can move him all over the place. Um, on defense, he's just extremely good at defense, and he's pretty good at offense too, which helps. At number 10, in the top 10 players under 25 of the 25 under 25 list. 
It's LaMelo Ball. LaMelo freaking Ball. His brother was on this list at 20. And LaMelo is at 10. I think Melo has got some crazy, crazy potential. Because you got to remember, dude's only 20. He is only 20. That's just unreal. And I think the Warriors will always regret not drafting him second. And they were just stuck with Wiseman, who kind of forgot how to play basketball. Hasn't really played basketball since high school. But LaMelo, I mean, you just get such a deep bag with him. He's giving you 19 points a game, seven boards, seven assists, shooting the ball pretty well on a good volume. He's not checking out defensively. He wants to be there. He wants to play for the Charlotte Hornets, (laughs) which I think is... I don't think anyone really cared about the Charlotte Hornets before they got LaMelo. And and now they've got him. They're a marquee team. This man was an all-star this year. He's playing good basketball. He's playing good basketball. And I think you got to acknowledge it and realize how much potential the dude's got. At number nine, this is one of my guys. We got Brandon Ingram from New Orleans, who's only 24 years old. Man's been in the league since he was 19 in 2016. And you could say that every year since his rookie year, he's taken a step somewhere and he's gotten better. And this man's been an all-star. He's an incredible scorer. He's a good defender now. You finally, like, we finally got him to take the steps to be a good defender. I think since he's been in New Orleans, he's been a pretty decent defender. I'll have to ask my man Coop, who is a Pelicans fan, how B.I.'s been defensively. I'll shoot him a text right now. But Brandon Ingram... I, you could argue, should have gone over Ben Simmons. <coughs> you could argue, should have gone over Ben Simmons. It's that much of a, like, <laughs> it's that much of a difference with the two players. But Brandon Ingram, I think he can be the number one guy on a team and take a team to the playoffs. He's kind of reminds me of Ray Allen in the way that he plays. Like he plays, doesn't even really play selfish. Like, but he's always looking for his shot because he knows that once he gets going, his teammates can get going right behind him. And that's why I really like Brandon Ingram. And he's super young, man. He's super young. He's 24. Only getting better. But so is this next guy. Is Jalen Brown. Out of Boston. Out of California. Out of Marietta, Georgia. Very good player. 
25 years old. And you could argue that he's one of the more influential two-way players in the league right now. Unfortunately, he did just get hurt. But he should be coming back relatively soon. Just a, an incredible player. The things that he's done, the the moves he's made, strides he's made. He's a, he's a bucket getter. He's a facilitator. He's a rebounder. And I think he's like taking that next step away from being a top top guy. He's been an all star. Um, he's on a max extension. He's gonna get another max extension. He's made forty four mil. He's on pace to to make a hundred and twenty seven mil before he signs his next max. It's a good player. It's Jalen Brown. Next guy. Again, one of the better draft selections in NBA history. He was taken in the 2017 draft at number 14. It's Bam out of bio. Bam out of bio. The two way threat, the force. The demon. He's averaging 19 a game on the Heat right now. 53% from the field, all of which is from two pointers. Incredible player. Good free throw shooter. Great rebounder. Solid, solid defender. He's got a 103 defensive rating. He's top five in the league defensive rating. Incredible player, man. The defense that he's playing right now is better than he's played in his entire career. And the stats back that up. Defensive win shares so far in 37 games, he's at 2.4. His career high is 3.9, and that was at 72 games. Incredible that his defense is winning almost five games a year for his career. He's a player and a half. And he's going to get a very lucrative contract for it. I think Bam can probably irk into all NBA discussions with the way that he's playing, which, I mean, he is on a max until 2026. He's getting paid a lot of money to play basketball, ladies and gentlemen. Over $150, $150 million dollars to play basketball it's very good at number six we spoke about him earlier but it's trey young one of the more influential playmakers in the league shoots the ball at a pretty good clip 7.6 threes a game 38 percent from the field but he's also got nine assists a game He's scoring 28 a game in 35 minutes. It's Trey Young. I don't need to say much more about him. It's Trey Young. At number five, shooting guard from your Phoenix Suns. It's Devin Booker. 
The shots that I took wet like I'm book. Me and him have the same birthday. This man's 25 years old, though. He's older than me. And he's just been an absolute bucket since he came into the league. The questions were always about his defense. And he's having one of the better defensive years of his career. In fact, he is having the best defensive year of his career. Which you love to see. You really like to see those strides. He's still not a... He's not... Uh, he's he's a below to almost average defensive player. He's not a good one, but a below to almost average. And he's just... He, he's, he scores you a lot of points. And at the end of the day, that's what that's what matters. And he can score those points from a lot of different ways. He's a consistent point scorer. It's Devin Booker, three-time All-Star. And Devin Booker is getting paid a lot of money to play the game of basketball. And he's going to sign another contract in four years, in three years, almost two years, actually play the game of basketball for a lot of money it's Devin Booker top four the final four of the under 25 25 it's Donovan Mitchell who is playing incredible basketball this year very good basketball 36% from three good consistency there the threes that he's shooting now is he's attempting 9.6. His career average is 7.6, but he's averaging the same 36.2 for both. Uh, 26 a game, getting you 1.6 steals. He's a good player, and he's having a really good year. I don't need to say much about Donovan Mitchell. Y'all know what it is. Y'all see how good he plays. He's incredible. He's a great player. At number three. This guy is also super impressive. He is super impressive. He's 22 years old. From Murray State. It's John Morant. John Morant's having an MVP year. He just scored 52 points. He's shooting 50% from the field. On 21 shots. This guy's a bucket. He's a bucket, but he's also a very good facilitator. He's a stout defender. It's John Morant. He's one of the up-and-coming best players in the entire league, and he's the third best 25 under 25 at number two, from the Boston Celtics, this man is only 19. It's Jason Tatum. Just unreal career up to this point. Unreal year he's having this year. He's getting double teamed this year. Jason, to every possession, Jason Tatum is getting double teamed. And he can only get better. He can only get better. And he's already 
back-to-back years averaging 26 a game. This year, he's at eight boards a game, four assists a game. He's giving you 1.7 blocks and steals to 2.3 fouls. It's Jason Tatum. And at number one, for the 25 under 25 list for 2022, I mean, you all guessed it. You all knew who it was going to be. It's Luka Doncic. One of my favorite players. My second favorite player of all time. I think this guy is, he's the absolute wonder boy. I think he is so freaking impressive because he really didn't have a whole lot of expectations from a lot of people. This guy came out from Europe, and to that point, we've seen Chris Dops, we've seen Dragon Bender, Darko Milicic, a lot of guys that really just didn't make it. So there's a there's a stigma on European players, but now you could argue. You could really say that three of the top five players in the league right now are internationals. That's Embiid, that's Luka, that's Don, and that's uh, Jokic. Pretty impressive when you think about it. But Luka, what is there to say about him besides he's just a absolute wonder boy? Started every game that he's played in. He's averaging 26, 8.5 rebounds, 7.9 assists. And every year, his balls get a little bigger, and he gets a little tougher. And this year, he's slimmed down a lot, and you can see it in his play. He's playing incredible ball. The Mavericks are the best that they've been, and the Mavericks have a serious chance to go to the finals. And they suck. They're not great. But I think that Luca is going to be the one. Luca's going to be the guy that leads the NBA into the future. I think Luca's going to be the dude that takes the NBA and then he becomes the face of the NBA. He's super impressive. And I think that he's got maybe the most value of any player right now. And Luka just turned 23 years old. This is his fourth year in the league, and he's dominating. He is absolutely dominating. And the crazy thing is, like, he does it on a nightly basis. You tune in in to see Luka play. You know he's going to do something crazy. You know, he's just going to play out of his mind. And that's why he's so fun to play, because he's a high-usage guy. You like watching high-usage guys, because that's the kind of ball that is attractive. That's the kind of ball that is fun 
And he's balled out in the playoffs too, man. He's balled out in the playoffs. Hopefully he just gets a little more team success because every year he gets a little bit closer. So look out for Luka. Look out for the NBA. Because you got guys like Luka, Trey Young, John Moran. John Moran's probably... Probably the... Most electrifying player in the league. Watching John Morant play is better than watching MVP Derrick Rose. Compare their numbers. Compare their pace. John Morant right now is better than MVP Derrick Rose. And they're the exact same age. That says something. That says something. I think Ja and Luka are the next LeBron and Kobe. I think they're the next LeBron and KD. I think they're the next LeBron-Curry rivalry. Especially if they stay in the West. Because on the East, you know that you're always going to run into, like, Trey Young. You're always going to run into, I mean, hopefully, man like Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown or Bam out of bio, like... But I think the, the rivalry isn't going to be Luka and Trey Young. I think it's going to be Luka and John Morant. And I think that's what the future of the NBA is going to look like. Because don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Like, Jaw's great, but there's just something different about Tatum. He's got that, like, legendary poise about him to where he can be like the solo difference maker I feel like Jaws is a lot more team orientated and that's why he's going to have the team success going forward I really do I think I think John Morant wins a title in the next four or five years I really do But I think Jason Tatum gets to a few NBA Finals in the next four or five years. I don't know if he wins them, but I think he gets there. But that's going to do it for the podcast for this week. Um, Very fun list. Very intriguing list. And definitely look out for a lot of these under-25 guys in the playoffs. Darius Garland, Jared Allen... I think they're going to be one of the spookier duos in the playoffs because playoff time comes around. The game's a whole lot different. Look out for Luka leading the Mavericks to the title. Look out for Tatum and Brown going up against Hero and Adebayo. We got some incredible... Like This year's playoffs are going to be the best ever. And it's going to feature a lot of these 25 under 25 guys. We'll see you guys next week, and if you're watching live, we'll see you tomorrow at noon. But this has been the Purple NBA Podcast presented by Sotico Radio. I'm your host, Sotico, and with peace, knowledge, and serenity, may the force be with you. I'm out. Peace.